Wait, isn't that how Whitney Houston died? <laughs> to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 54. Let's hurry this up so we can all go back to Jessica Jones. This is the super special sick edition of the Geekscape Games Podcast. It's right. Is that is that sick like cool or sick like ill? And Ill. By ill, I mean Ill. not well. Ill is not, also another word for cool. It is. It is. This is some ill sick cast of the Geekscape Games Podcast. I'm, I'm down and out with a sinus infection. Derek. Uh, I've, what, I've been throwing you, up all morning. Well, uh, all day. And, Oh, Josh, today, today. what do you what do you got, Josh? Um, I had a I had a broken computer, but it's fixed now. All right, it's my my so, voice is a little bit more gravelly than usual because uh, <laughs> of all the heaving I've been doing all day. Yeah, and the worst part is is that I accident I had to get up today and I accidentally used the wrong shampoo in my hair. And I took a lot of the silver out, so I have to go get a touch up on Sunday. That's heavy. It sucks. Is I'm it as so, heavy as rain? Uh, it is potentially heavier than rain. Like I feel um, really bad for you. Um, Are you, you know, sure you want to do this tonight, or should we like postpone? You know, man, like, like, like right you need now, a night to like recuperate. Uh, like, you know, you you and I were two souls in this heavy rain, uh, which makes a lot of sense because uh, heavy rain and two beyond two souls is getting a PS4 re-release. Um, well, we already knew I, that, but it, well, <laughs> so they. <laughs> anyways, I'll just take over. Yeah, because okay, like like I just want to like preface this. I've been in and out of bed all week and I've just had, I've played no games. I've just watched YouTube vids. I've just read our outline. So I'm sorry. Everybody. I feel like it makes us seem much more professional when you tell people how unprepared you are. <sighs> it's usually not this unprepared, but you, you, you're usually like, I don't know. Anyway, so that was a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, uh, I'm surprised Shane hasn't started eating yet, but, uh, we found out back in June that uh, Sony was bringing out. Sony was bringing <laughs> beyond, both Beyond Two Souls and uh, uh, Heavy Rain over to the the PS4. Um, you know, with some you know special new fancy 1080p graphics. Wait, this isn't like new news. They they announced that they were coming back in June, but we now know more details as well as when they are coming. Um, so, for instance, really? like yeah, and how. how- I think, How in fact, in, I, this? well, in June, we talked about the fact that they were coming to PS4. So, uh, so you're I don't probably, know how you are probably eating when we were talking about it. Probably. Uh, yeah. In any case, so Beyond Two Souls is coming really quickly, actually. It's, it's launching on the 24th. So this coming Tuesday, twenty nine ninety nine, which is, uh, you know, which is a great, you know, low cost for I, I, I know that, that it was a very bit divisive game, but I feel like it was a kind of a late PS3 highlight for me. Like, I really like the Two Quantic. Souls? Yeah, like I really like the Quantic Dream stuff, like right, right from Indigo Prophecy or Fahrenheit or whatever you want to call it, you know, through to Beyond Two Souls and their their upcoming game that Detroit whatever looks f- fantastic. And it's called uh, Detroit is it just called Detroit? I thought it had a subtitle. The, the Detroit Detroit Four Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy Detroit Four Souls. In in any case, I've Fahrenheit. They're they're obviously these more they're more cinematic experiences than they are games, but I've been a big fan of each one that they've done. Um, and I am, you know, I, I ran human. 
I ran through Beyond Two Souls really quickly um, and then moved on to the PS4 because it came out like a month later or something like that. And so I am actually quite looking forward to jumping back into both of the games because Heavy Rain, I think I only played once when it came out. And I know that game has a lot of different branches and a lot of different story and elements that can happen uh, depending on the choices that you make. Um, but yeah, I'm just a big fan of that style of games. Like it's kind of that cinematic, like telltale style or any, and that's part of why I loved, um, until dawn so much this summer, it was just this unique cinematic experience more than it was a, you know, any sort of sort of, sort of typical game. Um, and so I'm excited to play them again. They're getting so enhanced 1080p graphics, uh, including motion blur, bloom, depth of field, all that sort of stuff, as well as improved lighting and shadows. Um, it says it also makes use of the DualShock 4 speaker to improve immersion when playing as the entity, which is a cool idea. I really love when developers use the DualShock 4 controller speaker in interesting ways. Um, you know, stuff like in in Alien Isolation, it's like the the beeping of the motion detector and stuff like that. Like it just really, and in Fallout, for instance, when you, like my light's blue typically, but when you turn your flashlight on in, in Fallout, it'll turn the light bar green. Um, and it kind of makes your room glow a little bit, the same green when you're, you know, if, it, if the room is dark. Um, I don't Am know. Am I the only one that absolutely hates the light bar? Oh, I, it's it's annoying as shit. But I, you know those. But in that in that I I this, I don't know. I was talking about the speaker, and then I moved on to the light bar. But um, the light bar is annoying as shit. But in Fallout, when I turned the flashlight on, I was like, "Huh, that's neat." And then, but they, you know, and for for instance, like I think next month's official PlayStation magazine, it actually comes with like twenty of these like light bar stickers. Um, so they're like stickers that go over the light bar and they just have certain cutouts to them. Um, so that you can oh, get so different they're, designs. They're, fin- they're finally like trying to like market that c- custom mod that people were doing since day one. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And there was like a couple funny ones. Like there's one that said like press X to Jason and all that sort of stuff. Like on the, on the light bar, I, I thought it, it was supposed to have something to do with PlayStation move. Was it not? Is that why the light bar was there? I can't remember. I, I, I believe so. I, yeah, I think, I think it, it was, but, but then it didn't really go anywhere. Oh, because because when you have the camera, it like will detect the. Uh, yeah, who the fuck the has light. a camera? Nobody. I have I one. No. Oh. Still Why? in the box. <laughs> like Derek said, nobody. <clears throat> Anyways, are you guys like like I I I think Josh, you're not a fan of the Quantic Dream stuff, right? I mean, I liked Heavy Rain until you actually got full control of the character, and then it just turned to garbage as far mm-hmm. as trying to as far as trying to move. I remember. Yeah, I mean, they've never been. They've never really got their con- control schemes down that well. Yeah, because I've talked about it before, where I really liked, um, I really liked uh, Indigo Prophecy in concept, but when every time you got control of your character, he mm-hmm. moved like a tank, and then Heavy Rain for the most on part the PC, got rid of it. He was perfect on the PC. I doubt it. Nah, no, it, it was. No, uh, uh, all right, I believe you, <laughs> but um, uh, on with Heavy Rain, like the handful of times you got control of the character. It was like it moved like crap. That was actually the only time I think that I failed a uh, a section where it was like a negative outcome, where oh, you're yeah. trying to run away from the police and you're running through the cars that are like that are um in traffic. And then he just kept spinning in a circle when I was trying <laughs> to make him run forward. And then I ended up getting arrested. So, um, and then Beyond Two Souls, it's weird because I l- I really liked individual parts of the game, but I didn't really like the game itself. Yeah. There but, was definitely there was there was a lot of because it and it's something it's a game that's not in chronological order, um, right. and there was definitely there was like points of her life where I was like, well, this is boring as shit, and there was points where I was like, give me more of this, 
Yeah. Um, actually, one of the features in the new version is that you can actually play it in chrono- chronological order if you choose to. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think my favorite part do you, was... Do you think that would that would be a, a selling point for somebody who hasn't played the game? Should they play it in release I, order? I actually, or like, I don't... Order? Like, I never... I, I actually found it really interesting that it was broken up into different chapters and you're learning why she thinks certain things and is, is a certain way as you're playing because, you know, you're in the future, like, in her present and then all of a sudden you'll go see this event that happened. Um... I don't think that I would like, I think that I like it broken up more than I would have liked it in chronological order. Um, but apparently it was an, it was a largely requested feature. Well, I could imagine people who already played it, who want an excuse to play it for again. sure. Yeah. If they've played it already for sure. But I feel like it was meant to, and the story was kind of written for this specific breakup period and like, like for everything to be broken up in a certain way. And to just change that for your first time playing, I think would detract from the experience somewhat. Yeah, it's like Haruhi Suzumiya. Yeah. Wasn't like the first episode supposed to be like the third episode? Yeah, like there was three different ways to watch it. Like the chronological order, then the order that she experienced it in, and then the order that the main character experienced it in. Yeah. But yeah. All I know is that my favorite part was terrorizing those assholes who were messing with you at the party. Oh, at the party? That was the like that that was a really effective and like resonating sequence in the game. Like I thought about that a lot afterwards. I said it was the like kid you what i stabbed a kid yeah like it was like it was spoilers it was one of these like it's like the mo- first 10 minutes of the game it was like one of these mo it was like one of these moments where you're it was, <laughs> it's also like a four-year-old game yeah statue of limitations is uh done on those spoilers um but yeah it was one of those like moments where like you could give up it like you could stop t- terrorizing them at any point but it's like how far do you as a person want to go um which i think helped like is part of what made that scene so effective is you're just like you just, like you could stop or you could fuck with them more and it got progressively more and more violent and you know in the end they are just kids and and but yeah like you said you stabbed a dude so yeah i don't give a shit if they're kids there's a reason why abortion exists <laughs> fuck fuck kids jared but, fogel style so anyway so <laughs> beyond two souls do you hear he got 15 and a half years uh yes two souls? <laughs> He's got to play Beyond Two Souls for 15 and a half years. He's probably going to be, but at the same time, he's probably going to be out of prison by the time I finish Fallout 4 because that game is so much fucking content. So uh, are you excited then? When I, oh, I'm so excited. I'm, just, be out, I'm excited that Fallout, Fallout 4, 4 so he can finally take me on that date. No, no, that's right. I'm too old for him. Uh, <laughs> in any case, Beyond Two Souls is coming on November 24th, 2999. Uh, Heavy Rain will launch on March 1st. Um, and they have not detailed the exactly the enhancements that will be coming to to heavy rain. Um, but uh, it's coming March 1st. And apparently if you because because on March 1st, they'll also be selling like a two pack on the PlayStation store. But if you purchase heavy rain now, you will get uh, sorry if you if you purchase beyond two souls now, you will get heavy rain at a discount as well. So you can press X to Jason all over again uh, in a few months. <laughs> right on. Shane doesn't understand that reference, probably. No, it's from that. um um, that video where like it glitched out and he could call for his son Jason like over and over and over again. No, actually well, that wasn't you, a glitch. You, you just can do that in the game. No, uh, you're just... talking about the glitch where it's like at the end or something, right? Yeah. And but it's... you're at the beginning, like the opening scene, you can literally just say it constantly and it's hilarious. Uh, no, I, uh, Mega 64 did a hilarious heavy rain, uh, skit and, uh, that everybody should watch where Derek is walking around a mall going, Jason, Jason and like this fucking security guard comes up to him. And he's like, "Hey, is that Jason over there?" And points towards Rocco with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, 
what what I think well well I, I really want to talk about the drama of the week, but I think we should talk uh, since we're talking about uh, games getting re released. We should talk about games that are old that we can go back in time. Um, PlayStation Two is getting software emulation on the PlayStation Four. They're currently working on it. Well, I read I yeah. read a little bit of it, but I feel like since I was sick, Derek, you should. I'm sick too, but okay. So uh, <laughs> it, it it's and it's still very like basically they have confirmed that they're working on bringing playstation 2 titles to the playstation 4 um there's literally no detail like is this there's no details as to is this going to be like a ps like ps2 classics thing where you're buying them again on the store or is it something where you're you know you can pop in a ps2 disc and play it like literally they have not detailed that at all um basically they like like for instance they uh a sony representative told Wired, we are working on utilizing PS2 emulation technology to bring PS2 games forward to the current generation. We have nothing further to co- to comment at this point in time. So, the, And the first ideas of this came with the, when that, uh, the Star Wars PS4 um, was released, it came with like a voucher for like four of these classic PS4 games, or sorry, for these classic Star Wars games. And a few of them had these like, you know, a bunch of extra stuff and these like wrappers around them and stuff like that. But one of them was like fully just like, I think it was Digital Foundry or something like, um, realized that they are just in a wrapper and it's just being run as basically an emulation. Um, and so they kind of delved into it and now. Sony has, you know, commented that yes, they are working on bringing PS2 titles over. Um, you know, I imagine because of course they have PlayStation Now, which is why they have no interest in doing that for PS3 titles. But they've got the for PS2 titles. I thought that they intended to bring those games to P- PlayStation Now as well. But I mean, I can't imagine that they're just going to be like, oh, you can play PS2 games now because, I mean, re- realistically how much of of their install base is that going to actually affect and i feel like people are oddly obsessed with playing their old fucking games like it's getting it's just getting to the point where there are it's almost s- like people go out and buy their old games over again yeah that like are only I, six months old for four, for sixty dollars and i can see and i can see <laughs> and that's things why like, i have two copies of devil may cry <laughs> like i like I can see stuff like like for instance, you know, we just talked about last week, like the original Pokemon games coming back to the 3DS eShop. Like that's cool because it's like nostalgic, but and, to, and all the batteries in those fucking cartridges are probably done. Totally, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you know, like like I feel like P- like the PS2 stuff is not that readily accessible anymore. So unless they're selling it to us again, which I'm not overly interested in, because I have you know I'm never I have games on my shelf that I purchased that I haven't played yet. And I'm never going to get to at this point. So I don't have time to play the games that I already played when I was like 11 years old. Like, I don't have time to play those again. And, uh, and you know I feel, what, you know what, you know what, you know what? Um, I, I was taught in a uh, real estate seminar that when you say I don't have time, time is an acronym and it stands for this is my excuse. Make time, Derek. You make time for those old. Games. I mean, and maybe if How you wrote a little bit more that? on the website that we, <laughs> that we are both a part of, I would have more time. Well, uh, no, I do have time. I just choose not to utilize that time to help and drink and get sick and masturbate. So anyways, like I feel like, cause I feel like <laughs> like when the PS3 launched, not, not when I, like I got a PS3 a little bit later, I got it. Uh, my first PS3 as they were starting to phase out the backwards compatible one. And I've told this story before, but I went all over like the Island that I used to live on trying to find a store that still had these backwards compatible ones. Cause I had to be able to play my PS2 games and blah, blah, blah. And wasn't it full of cigarettes? 
No, that was when I got my first PS2. It was full of cigarettes. Uh, the PS3 was fine because it was I bought it brand new. But but I it was love that story. It it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous story. <laughs> Uh, but Go yeah, back to like an older I, episode, listen to all of our other episodes, to find that story. <laughs> you listen to every single one, all 50 something. Um, but yeah, I, I, I went all over the place cause I was like, it's amazing that this has backwards compatibility and I want to be able to play my old games and blah, blah, blah. And then I don't think I ever put a PS2 disc in the thing because there's PS3 games. And now there's PS4 games. Like exactly, there are. But I think, and, and PS, I just and think PS1 that, is easy to software emulate. And I can see, like, I can see things like you know, like the previous generation being back, like like it being backwards compatible with a previous generation, but two generations before, like where are people going to get these games really unless they're already, you know, unless they're the small percentage of the install base that kept their games for some reason or or Sony selling them to us. Again. You, you, have to, you have to bear in mind that the PlayStation 2, um, they were making games up until 2013, yeah, but um, it was like a few sports but, titles. And but wait, like let me finish. Let me finish, babe. Um, PS2 <laughs> is the number number one most selling console of all time. So the 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 market penetration for um, uh, PlayStation Two is extremely pervasive. It's easy to find these games. You can go to you can go to GameStop find PS2 games. You yeah, can but go I think to, that the games that people are would actually want to go back and play, they're not going to be that readily accessible. Or they already have them. And in 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 and the thing is like. Now, now, well, let me ask. Let me ask. You're you're kind of poo-pooing this. This option. I'm not. I like. I think it's nice, but I feel like both with it, the the Xbox One getting 360 backwards compatibility is a bit cooler for sure. But I yeah, feel like in both sense. cases, I would rather. I in both cases, I would rather these companies look forward and like give us other shit instead of like being like, oh, you know, we don't have it, enough games or it, whatever reason they have Do for you- doing it. I would rather them. Do you think do you think of, that Sony is is moving um uh talent away from other projects to push this out? Possibly. Is that is that your concern? Possibly. I don't know. I just think that's it's wasted like I think it's something that it especially for PS2 emulation or whatever, it's something that probably interests such a small percentage of the of the install base that why are you doing it? Do you think they're potentially doing it like, as a reactionary um move toward against Microsoft? it could be but i feel like i feel like it's not nearly as big of a deal as microsoft as the the xbox 360 backwards compatibility no i think i i I agree with you it's probably reactionary um uh and they're probably picking the ps2 because it's um i believe looking at the emotion engine um processor i believe who made the emotion engine um Sim capabilities. It doesn't say what kind of like architecture it runs off of. Well, and I just um, it would never like they would just never do like had had PlayStation Now not been a thing. I bet they they would have been working on bringing PS3 games of sorts to to the the platform. But because they want to sell PlayStation Now subscriptions, and I feel like being able to play PS2 games on PlayStation Now is not going to be a huge selling feature. They're putting it in. And if it is a reactionary to the Xbox One getting Xbox 360 backwards compatibility, I feel like it's not a very good reaction. Yeah, yeah. and in the 360, you still have to like put the you put the disc in, and then it downloads the game from the service and uses the disc as like a key to unlock. For it. sure, yeah, which makes sense. And 
if I can mention too that the Xbox backwards compatibility. Oh wait, wait, so wait, wait. guys, 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 huh. guys. Um, uh, this is a message just came in on the back channel from uh, Michaela. Excuse me, sir. Can you please ask my lovely fiance to fix the fucking lights? You can type a message in Skype or something, right? What? Uh, oh, she texted me five times and my I didn't receive them. <laughs> she said because I I we have the Philips Hue light bulbs. Uh, so you can set them to different colors and stuff. And so I have this app that has different light colors and I hit like they have, they just added like some Christmas options. So I changed it to Christmas lights and she said so much Christmas. And I said, is it? And she said, Oh no, it's different now. And then she said, Holy fuck, you need to change the lights. I keep changing them and they go back to changing colors. And then she messaged me again, uh, 10 minutes later and it said, seriously fix the lights." <laughs> and then another message that said, please. And then another message that said, please, uh, yeah, I'm gonna fix the lights. Anyway, go on, go on. <laughs> Who going? Josh going? Oh, I, Josh was saying something. Oh yeah, I, I was saying that the Xbox backwards compatibility though was amazing because I forgot that it was going to go up last week, and then I turn on my Xbox, and I know Derek, if you're still familiar with how the uh, format was, but when you go to your like games library and it just has all those boxes with the games that you totally, downloaded, yeah, yeah. so I go in there to like start up Rock Band or something. And on the right, it says, you know, games where you buy them, but you haven't downloaded them yet. It's like, it'll say ready to install. And I yes, scroll, yeah. I scroll through and it says ready to install. And there's this giant list of games. And <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then I, and then I remembered that it was the backwards compatibility. And it was just as I'm pretty sure all of these games I bought digitally at some point. Yeah. But there was a few that I'm pretty sure that I only, that I bought physically and never had a digital version for some reason. It was really? still offering it to me. And yeah, there was just like so much stuff. And it's like all of a sudden now I have. And that's super cool. Like if I like you just turn your console on one day and it's like, oh, here's 35 more games that you can play. I like I had a similar thing when I picked up my new Apple TV and went into the app store for the first time. There was games on there that I had purchased on my iPhone two years ago that they updated for the Apple TV. And it's like you can get, you know, you can download for free on here, like to turn your console on and be like, oh, here's a bunch more games for you to play that, you know, may be maybe fairly recent because they're only a generation old. But obviously they didn't have a way for to do that with the PS2. So it would be either them selling it to us again or I, you have to go and find the discs or whatever. Right, right. But yeah, like all of a sudden it's like I have Just Cause 2. Like that's going to be the one on top of my list. And then Fallout 3, I, I love can just finally play it. And I don't know, there's just so much stuff. It's like, yeah, now I feel, yeah. For that now I feel happen, like I have like a really whole cool, actually, like complete yeah. library. Not just that, but my friend uh, had loaded his Xbox 360 profile onto my Xbox One to play Killer Instinct with me like when it launched. And he bought like a thousand, no, no, like more like 500 Rock Band songs. Oh, and no, when I, so you got all those too? Yeah, like when I logged into Rock Band 4 and was downloading like the 20 or so songs I bought throughout the entire run all of a sudden there was like these hundreds of other songs that I didn't remember buying until I realized they were all his. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm rolling in all this free crap. <laughs> so, uh, can we talk about Kotaku being a bunch of whiny babies for a minute? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know a ton about this, but I figured you would. <laughs> so and, I really, you would I, and you would tell us about it in a very unbiased manner as you usually do. Um, well, <clears throat> uh, I used to be a huge fan of Kotaku. Uh, back in like, 09. I was joking when I said you'd um, be unbiased. By the way, um, um, and then uh, <laughs> they got uh, acquired by Gawker, or they were always part of Gawker. Um, I read all of Gawker's like shit, and then Gawker ended up being a bunch of cunts. But anyway, <clears throat> they um, they made this post called uh, the title is "The Price of Games Journalism." 
Stephen Totillo, the the ever wordsmith, the ever <clears throat> very you're an ever talksmith right now. <clears throat> Fuck off, because uh, I'm I was I wasn't allowed to eat on this episode. Um, apparently, um, for the past two years, um, and uh, for the past one year, um, they've been blocked and blacklisted by Bethesda and Ubisoft respectively. Now, um, it was both in responses to them leaking um, Fallout 4 information and Assassin's Creed information um, uh, back when uh, it was originally called Assassin's Creed uh, Victoria or Victory. Um, Yeah, Victory, before it was renamed to Syndicate. Um, And basically, um, uh, they just... They went on this like tirade, um, denigrating these two publishers. That, like, it's like what? Like, they've completely ignored them. Like, when they've reached out to them, say, "Hey, can you comment on this story?" Like, nobody responds um, to Kotaku, and basically, it's just uh, Totillo just whining, and they're like, "Ooh, I, you, you know, we're journalists." Blah 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 blah. Um, frankly, you dance with the devil, and you're gonna get burned. Uh, fuck, I wish I was going to come up with a better analogy. Uh, um, you mess with the shark and you're going to get burned. Bit? Bit. All right, you mess with the shark and you're going to get bit. I think bit. he was just trying to be funny and it didn't work. No, that's an inside joke to, for one person who doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. So, so it's probably really good that you use that joke then. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you probably, you guys probably uh, can imagine how, how I feel. Um, but what do, you, what do you guys feel about, about this, um, them being blacklisted by the publishers and frankly, their response, um, which I, I lovingly, uh, equate to, uh, kicking and crying and saying, wow, 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 why? Well, my, I don't know, like, you know, me, I'm not the biggest fan of them either, but I'm like mixed on it because if it's like a, if it's like an actual reputable, like journalist, like, um, you know, if they're what the fuck am I saying? See, I I, I leave for a week and then I forget how to talk. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, like you know, a reputable journalist will dig for information and then will break stories even if the source doesn't necessarily want them to break at the at that time. But then at the same time, there's also a difference between like like hard hitting journalism and like entertainment journalism where they could have potentially had like this, the um, surprise of fallout Four eighty three ruined because Kotaku um, reported it like four months early, or even with, I was telling Megan like the surprise of the final fantasy seven remake <clears throat> was kind of ruined for me a little bit. Cause Kotaku posted a story like an hour before the Sony conference that, that there was a heavy rumor that final fantasy seven was going to be announced and it took the wind out of the sails for me a little bit. So I can understand why the companies would be against that. But I think my biggest hang up isn't even necessarily that they were blacklisted or that the publisher was mad or whatever the case. My biggest problem with it is that they went and wrote this article to begin with, because it's like a thing between the outlet and the publisher to work out. Totally. And the fact that they're writing an article about it to try to make them look like the victims comes off as they're trying to make themselves like be put into a positive light so that their fans will be like, oh, fuck Bethesda. And yeah, but kind of you can read the comments and on there. It kind of felt like a like a feel sorry for us article. Yeah, for or sure. or they even mentioned in the article that Sony had blacklisted them at one point, and then they got it reversed by having their <laughs> fans like attack Sony or something like that. Mm. Oh, great! That's a that's a so, very you know healthy thing to do. <coughs> Gamergate. So I yeah, mean, like um, I, I sorry, go ahead. I, no, so I mean, it sounds like that's the same thing they're trying to do. Like 
in like in a thinly veiled way, they're trying to say, look at these guys are treating us like assholes so that their fan base will attack Ubisoft and Bethesda until they reverse whatever blacklist they put on them. And it just comes off as, as a lot of people have called Kotaku over the last year or so, it comes off as really unprofessional and very self-serving and manipulative. Now, now you have to, you have to, you have to understand about games journalism and how it, any any type of video game or like like nerd culture, quote unquote journalism, is at the end of the day an advertisement for a product that you enjoy. Um, I can and I haven't this year, and don't make it a joke, but like. I can go and write a two thousand art, uh, two thousand word article on Call of episode, Duty episode Black X Ops 3. of episode X of My Little Pony and talk about you know the animation and get into it. And if anybody's read any of my brony breakdowns from season four, I get really really nerdy and like I deconstruct you know how the animation works. But at the end of the day, it's ostensibly just a giant advertisement for My Little Pony and just praising you know the product. Um, and and when a company reaches out and says, "Hey, Kotaku," We we have you know we we have a press release or they push out a press release or we get press releases like hey press release for game X check it out it's basically just the company is asking for advertisement um, so when when a company who is who is working with a media outlet uh, ostensibly for for advertisement terms doesn't like the fact that oh. Yeah, these people are getting, and in the words of Stephen Totillo, millions and millions of readers. Um, humble brag there. Uh, um, and they say, "Wow, you've 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 leaked our game a few times. We we are we are in no need obligated to provide content to you." Um, this the same thing happens in. I guess I guess the point I'm trying to get to is that there's no journalism school for games journalism. It's it's only been around for 20, 30 years. Like, like games journalism, like quote unquote, when we started reading EGM in the like mid eighties, it hasn't been around that long. So it's still a relatively new um, um, like like field, and it's it's obviously a lot different than you know reporter X going to go cover story Y. Um, it's like at the core advertisement for these products, and you know then there's stuff at the end of it. You can you know interview the developers behind it, and you know deconstruct the art and the story, but it's still an advertisement for a product. So it's a lot. So when, when I see people like Steven Satillo go out and say like, Oh, but we're journalists. It's like, no, no, you're glorified ad representatives. And yeah. And then when they're held and when they're held to actual journalistic standards, then they fall back and they're like, Oh, like, what are you talking about? And you know, that brings up a good point. And I'm going to get a little soapboxy for a second. If I already haven't, there's not Um, a lot of news this week. Go ahead. So I, I, I have this problem with um, uh, shows like The Tonight Show, not The Tonight Show, um, The Daily Show, and last week with John Oliver. Um, these two shows, uh, specifically with, with Jon Stewart, um, he, would, he would pick and choose what hat he was wearing at the time to best suit his point of view. And that's what sites and people like Kotaku and Steven Santilla do. They... They wear the hat that suits them at the best time. So in this case, he's wearing the journalism hat. But if it's if he's being attacked by somebody, he's like, "Oh, we're just gamers. <laughs> what we don't have to be held to the same standards as journalists." And they can pick and choose what hat they wear. In the case of John Stewart, um, you know, he goes on um, the like like legendarily known for shutting down the show Crossfire. He goes on Crossfire and talks shit to the two hosts on there, and um, and they say like, "Well." 
you know, he's like, you're on CNN, you need to be held to higher standards. And, and they're like, well, what about you? He's like, I'm a comedian. I'm on a talk show. But then he turns around and, and tears apart um, Kramer from CNBC Money and says, like, I'm a journalist and I'm, I'm tearing you down. And it, it's these picking and choosing of, like, where you're coming from um, that is really aggravating. Um, and I don't want to say it, like, you know, it, it's, it's really good fluff for my Tinder profile that I write for a geek culture website. But at the end of the day, unless I'm, you know, uh, in the, f- the few articles where I've torn something apart, it's ostensibly just advertising for a product and the advertiser got pissed at the outlet and decided not to go with them. So you, you, you fucking dance with the shark. You're going to get drowned. That's my soapbox. Yeah, I mean, Here's soapbox of the week. But Derek, what do you think about all this? Uh, I think that I like, I'm, I've never been one that's like, like I like this website and I don't like this website. Like I read everything, especially at my new job. But uh you know, because I just want to get as many different sides or opinions or points of view as I possibly can. Um, so I'm never like, oh, I hate Kotaku or I hate Polygon or I love Geekscape or whatever. The, the so I do love I, Geekscape, though. I do love them. Like, they're, I, they're I don't really, want to sound like I hate Kotaku. Um, you're always like, fuck Polygon. And I'm like, no, I, I'm well, a, I, I say fuck The Verge because I hate Neil Patel. That guy is a fucking scumbag and he can take his studded wristband and shove it up his ass. But Punk. but that that was so funny in the Apple Watch review video though. Come on, I when he's like, I thought the Milanese loop looked ridiculous, so I didn't wear it. And he's got this weird bracelet. <laughs> uh, anyways, I just, so whatever. Like um, I I read everything, but this article was like, like I was like, holy shit, this is like, are you children? Yeah, and that's all I really have to say about it. You guys said forty minutes worth of of it but but yeah i was like you guys like this seems like children like 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 you're being children like why not like josh said like this is literally an issue between an outlet and a publisher so why doesn't that outlet try to make reparations with that publisher instead of being like oh hey all of our readers like feel bad for us and then maybe they'll let us back in or whatever that you know whatever the like what was the goal of an article like that like, like what did, what was, what is the end? Like, what is that supposed to do for them? I think, I think like the, the it's not going to make these, it's not going to make these publishers that blacklisted them, see them in any better of a light. So this is, this is what like the very last paragraph, the Kotaku story says is Kotaku readers. I'm going to say it in a smarmy ass voice. Kotaku readers always deserve the truth. You deserve our best work. It doesn't matter which company is mad at us today or which companies get mad at us in the future. You'll continue to get our best work. So it's like it's like them trying to say like oh we're we're the absolute best and you know these guys aren't aren't sucking our dicks anymore and we're not getting freebies and so we're mad now and and the comments are like oh this is you know oh yeah fuck those guys I'm with you blah 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 and yeah it's just uh it's them acting like children and and the same thing happens in like non game journalism you get you get reporters that you know get pushed out of the White House press corps because they ask the press secretary like you know the questions that they don't like. Like it, it happens. Like they're pushing a narrative, and when the company doesn't like the narrative going the direction that Kotaku is pushing it, they're gonna pull out. Yeah, D- deal I with mean, it. It's it's part of it's part of the industry. It's part of the business. And you know what's a great part of the industry and the business? The video Delays. game awards. Oh, okay. It is. Yes, it is. And the uh, new the the new one, Josh. The new one's supposed to be really good. That's but that's I, every year. No, but there's a the new one that started like like the actual branded the Game Awards is what yeah, he's Je- talking about. Jeff uh, Jeff Keeley's Jeff Game Keeley's Awards. the one that started last year. Yeah, 
I didn't have a chance to watch it last year, but I heard it was excellent and I will have a chance to watch it this year. So I'm actually really excited. Yeah, I I missed it, but it was uh from what I heard and like the bits that I saw, um like like Reggie was there wearing his Metroid pin and like cock teasing everybody. Um, <laughs> right. That was that was that was hilarious, but we got the we got the nominees. Um there's some grit like like looking at looking at the nominations list. I am I'm like like almost every category. And I mean there's categories where I'm totally unfamiliar with like fighting game or family games and stuff like that, but uh or sports games for the most part. But um so, well, wait, for the wait, most part before the, you, before you go, before you go, yeah. we're doing our our end of the year lists and I haven't even thought about my lists. Um Yeah, that's why I sent out the reminder a month early. Yeah. So you um, can think about it. Yeah, and um Hyperdimension Neptunia game of the year. Spoiler alert. Um, just like all five, like top five is just all hyperdimension games because there's so many yeah, of all them. Five of, yeah, all five of the hyperdimension Neptunia games released this year are the top five games of the year. <laughs> um, but um, Criminal, it, Criminal Girls as a runner up. Let's, um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's do this from, from the nominees. Let's, 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 let's go through the nominees and, and pick our choices from the ones that are here. What do you say? Of every okay. category? Yeah, it won't take that long. There's like 30 categories. Yes, it'll take that long. Okay, speed round. All right, right, speed round. Uh, Game of the Year, Bloodborne, Fallout 4, MGS5, Mario Maker, and Witcher 3. Splatoon. Splatoon's not on there. Witcher 3. Uh, I it would be a toss up. Probably yep. fall. I would probably lean towards Fallout, but Witcher Three is an amazing experience. I was. Um. I. I haven't played Blood Bloodborne. Metal Gear Solid Five is. I'm like could not be better gameplay wise. I fucking hate the story. Um. And by I fucking the, hate the I story, story, I mean the lack of story compared have to you, old. Have you? Yes, I get the whole. No, I haven't. But Fuck. it doesn't feel like a Metal Gear game story wise. Like the where are the it. where are the ninety minute cutscenes? I'll tell you. Can I tell you when we're off the show? No, I don't want to hear spoilers. Okay. I'm right. gonna finish it um, one day. I'm gonna say MGS. I'm gonna say MGS five just from the, the and the list. side mission. The side ops are boring. They're they're pretty boring. It's it, it it's, like it's like helicopter in. Go do one of thing. seven possible objectives. Helicopter out. Like over well, and over I, again. I guess it's it's also like the destiny effect where like I enjoy the core mechanics, so the grind isn't um isn't annoying. Like you, you like maybe you just don't like the core mechanics of of. Well, and I just feel like I. It just doesn't like if you look at Metal Gear Solid Five or V, uh, you know, if you look at that, like that is a, like a completely separate entity to all of the other Metal Gear games. Like it doesn't feel anything like any of them. Oh, wish, and that is, I in, wish you would beat the game, and you and your your words would be like, "Oh my god, I was wrong." All right, we'll talk about it after I, when I beat the game. Yeah, cool. in seven uh, years. Uh, developer of the year: Bethesda, CD Projekt Red, From Software, Kojima, or Nintendo. 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 Uh, CD Projekt Red, I would say. And I, and I love Nintendo as an amazing developer, but I've never seen a company put so much after-release care into a title as CD Projekt Red has with um, The Witcher 3. Like, literally, patch after patch after patch, based entirely on, on like, reception from... You know, it launched as an incredible game, like, one of the best games of the year. And then they're like, oh, people are having trouble with combat controls. Let's fix it. You know, Derek can't see the Witcher Vision trails because he's colorblind. Let's fix it. Like, that moment where I read that release note and that patch, I was like, this is incredible. Like, they they took... A, you know, I could barely play, play those aspects of the game, and they fixed it. And for that type of after, you know, after release support... I think that they, I, I would choose them. Nice. Um, you know what that skip, sounds a lot like? But Splatoon. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's true. Um, I love Splatoon. Splatoon is so good. 
Best narrative, her story, Life is Strange, Tales from the Borderlands, Witcher 3, or Until Dawn. Life is Strange, because I've only played that Did you skip like seven? Did you you skipped some? I none of us have played any of these best indie games or the best mobile game. I That's played her. Go for it. Oh, do remember when I talked about go, her? Go go go. Speed round. Speed round. Independent best, game would be her story because it's the only one I played and it was amazing. Rock, oh, Rocket League is so good though too. Rocket League's the only one I played. Best mobile game or handheld Monster Hunter Four. Uh, yes. I would say Fallout Shelter. What, what what's the categories? I'm not reading it. So best mobile best mobile, best mobile game is or Downwell, Fallout Shelter, Laura Croft Go, which is a runner up for me, Monster Hunter 4 or Pac-Man 256. Oh, Monster Hunter 4 by Landslide. Yeah. Best narrative. Her I, story, Life is Strange, Life is Strange Life is Tales strange. from the Borderlands, Witcher 3, Until Dawn. Uh I loved all of those games, but I would say also Life is Strange cuz that's game of the year. Best art direction, uh Batman, Bloodborne, MGS5, Ori in the Blind Forest, Witcher 3. Uh, Ori three, I would say. Oh, Ori, Ori is good too. I was gonna say, I was gonna say Bloodborne. Um, I actually watched the Game Grumps because I've been in bed sick, so I watched the Game Grumps's like playthrough of that game, and like I'm gonna go pick the game up <laughs> because of it. Like they sold me on buying a copy. I, of I, game. I, I don't know anything about Bloodborne, but I almost, ign- I almost ignored it mostly oh. because it's supposed like a spiritual successor to the uh, uh, Demon Souls, the Souls series, Souls and and those sound too hard. Uh, it it, mm. it is really hard, but it and I I, my, I saw my friend playing it, and the environments look really creepy, and kind of like the uh, the aesthetic is really gross. But like watching the Game Grumps play through it, like all seventy eight episodes, mm-hmm. um, like I f- fell fucking in love with it. I'm like, I need to play this game. Um, best soundtrack: Fallout Four, Halo Five. Oh, MGF- actually, I pulled it, by the way, I pulled up the categories. You don't have to read them all anymore. Okay, all right. Uh, well, but but if people aren't looking at them, they I would just keep reading. Just, just keep reading them. Best score, uh, I'm going to go with MGS5 just because of the um, the original songs, but also the all the tapes you can pick up are pretty pretty indicative of the timeline, and, and they're really cool. The tapes are awesome. And, and, and I, heard, for me. <clears throat> I heard ah. that um, Rocco from Mega64 explained that the, um, the, uh, the song that they, they play at the beginning, the, the Man Who Sold the World, yeah. um, that was like a remixed version that David Bowie did on the synthesizer. And he explained it is that the original would be one that Big Boss would have heard and known mm. pre his coma. And then after the coma, this remix would be one like with a synthesizer that didn't exist exist back then. So mm-hmm. so it really shows that Kojima really knew what he was doing with those kind of things. Totally. That's cool. Uh, I'm going to go with Fallout 4 because that's... Um just listening to the radio as you're walking around like the, the soundtrack is incredible and they did a they they like it has actual licensed sound, songs from the 50s and 60s but they also wrote a bunch themselves that uh-huh. fit in perfectly um and the actual like the actual score of the game is, is like 65 tracks and it's it's sounds freaking wonderful um um i'm looking at this list i didn't realize that ashley birch played chloe price from life is strange i didn't realize that was her i don't know who ashley birch is uh, she does those uh, videos. Hey Ash, what you what you playing? I don't know what that is. Yeah, her she, bro- her she was a new wrote- voice of Rise in uh, Persona, I think too. She ah. was she was uh, Tiny Tina from Borderlands or Talking Tina. Who is who is the yeah, the one Tina, that? Yeah, ta- yeah, she was Tiny Tina from Binderlords. Um, um, I'm going with Camilla Luddingston. I'm going to go with Ashley Birch, and I didn't realize Mark Hamill was the Joker in this game. I thought it was Troy Baker. No, no. that was just in Origins. Oh. Uh, I. I it sucks because I really liked her story, but I feel like her performance was not as good as any of these other ones. I would, I'm gonna go with, go with, I'm gonna go with uh, the, not Mark Hamill actually. <laughs> okay, 
Games for Change. Um, I don't know what that means, uh, so I'm voting Life is Strange. Life is Strange. Life is um, Strange. Best. <laughs> any, pretty much anything, any category Life is Strange is in wins. Best Best Shooter. Splatoon. Splatoon. Um, I've gonna, played all of those. You're going to fucking Halo say 5. Destiny, aren't you? No, 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 no. I, I've played all of them except for Halo 5 and Splatoon. Um, and without playing those two, I can safely say none. <laughs> those games aren't the best shooter of the year. The best shooter of the year is Counter-Strike Global Offensive. So Splatoon. So Splatoon. All right, all right. Unanimous. Best action-adventure game? Um, I would say uh, MGS5. MGS5. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I'd say I Rise would, of the Tomb Raider. I, I haven't been able to play Rise, but I would go with Metal Gear Solid 5 because I haven't been able to play Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, best role-playing game? Um, I, I would have to say probably Witcher, but I didn't get that far into it. But just knowing, you know, without without consuming Fallout 4, I would say probably Witcher. Uh, Fallout 4 for me. Uh, best fighting game? Guilty Gear came out last year, but I'll vote Guilty Gear anyway. Yeah, me too. I'll vote a Guilty Gear game any day. Uh, I have not played any of these games, so I don't really know how I could choose one. Um, well, Guilty Gear is probably the most gorgeous looking fighting game I've ever seen. So I do Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear art style. So let's do that. Uh, best family game? Splatoon. Disney Infinity no. 3.0. Oh, wait, no, shit. Mario- Splatoon's there. Splatoon. Yeah. Oh, Mario Maker. Mario Maker. That, that, that's actually a really hard category for me because Disney Infinity, Skylanders, and Mario Maker were all really good. And I didn't play Lego, but Splatoon takes it. Yeah. Um, best sports game? Um, Ro- Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, sure, Rocket League. Uh, either Rocket League or Forza for me. Uh, Rocket League is so much fun. I have to go with that. Best multiplayer? Uh, Destiny. Splatoon. I feel like the like the mechanics for some of the Splatoon multiplayer stuff isn't the best. Um, I don't know. I haven't played anything else, though, so Splatoon. Uh, most anticipated? Um, no Man's Sky. No, Horizon Zero Dawn. Last Guardian for sure. Horizon. Uh, Actually, no. I was gonna fuck that. I'll say No Man's Sky. Um, I feel like No Man's Sky is so ambitious; it's just gonna not be very good. Okay, so like the fact that they had to wasn't it supposed to be out this year, and the fact that they delayed it for a year, like maybe they were like, "Oh, we have this game; it's not very fun." And 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 I don't. I we we. I think this was the this came out the week that we were out for Halloween, but um, uh, it, it was announced that there's no multiplayer. You can't play with your friends. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, uh, Zero Dawn. Um, <coughs> uh, best esports player, uh, Olaf Meister. I have no fucking idea. I yeah, this is a weird category. Uh, esports team of the year. Same, I have no idea. Fanatic. Uh, esports game of the year. Uh, uh, Counter Strike Global Offensive. Yeah, CS:GO. Uh, trending gamer. Total Biscuit. Um, I was I was gonna say Markiplier or Total Biscuit, but uh. I say total biscuit because he's probably not going to be around for the next year. Yeah, yeah that's sad. Have to get yeah. that uh, posthumously. Well, he'll probably be live till December third. <laughs> <laughs> um, best fan creation: GTA Five targets, real GTA by Corridor Digital, Portal Stories uh, by Prism Studios, uh, Super Mario Maker e-reader levels, and Twitch plays Dark Soul. The Twitch community. I haven't say heard real... of any. Like I haven't heard I of say... any of these, but e-reader levels sounds amazing. So I'll say that. I would say Real GTA by Corridor Digital. Uh, I don't know what any of those are. Um, well, the, the Corridor Digital is a uh, company that makes uh, sick vids on YouTube, and uh, the Real GTA video uh, they um, got a special like uh, camera rig for their uh, for a GoPro, and they just followed a guy around in third person as he went like around areas in LA that were in GTA, and it was 
it was amazing. It was it was really cool. You guys should check it out. It's like a two three minute video. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's uh, it. Do we got do we got any other news this week, or we uh, want to get into what we've been playing? Yes, a dark magician is coming to Monster Hunter X in Japan. Is really? it Dark Magician from Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. Yeah. Really? <laughs> it's going to be a costume for the Palicos. That's and, pretty awesome. And it's like in the past they've done anime crossovers, but um, they didn't cross over to the American version. Like Monster Hunter 3 had Inuyasha's Tetsaiga as a okay. weapon. And then they reskinned it as just some generic Tets, sword. Tets, they... Tetsaiga, that is a name I have not heard for quite some time. I say it all the time. Ooh, I should no, say it more no, often on the show. Yeah. No, but... Yeah, like the Tetsaigo was a weapon in Monster Hunter 3, but they reskinned it in the United States. So I'm hoping that Dark Magician actually comes out here. Because with Monster Hunter 4, I think we did get everything that Japan got, but it was all video game companies. And I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Konami is Yu-Gi-Oh, but like it's still based off of an anime more than it is other, like another video game property or a yeah, Nintendo sure. property. So I'm hoping it comes out here. If not, we'll probably get something lame to replace I would say, it. But. I would say uh, how popular Yu-Gi-Oh is over here um, that... I would be surprised if it doesn't show up. Yeah, I'm hoping, Thanks. but we haven't. E- we don't even have an official confirmation that Monster Hunter X is coming out here yet. So it's probably a little ahead of. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yep. But I don't um, care because I want to play as a Dark Magician. But they they really should add a Blue Eyes White Dragon as a monster to hunt. Yes. Yas. Yas. Um, Derek, um, give us this awesome last bit of news for Black Friday and get into the games we've been playing. Why <laughs> look up an appropriate answer for our mission objective? Uh, so for Black Friday, and actually the it, the PS4 was available on eBay today. It may still be, um, or it may not be, but both the Xbox One and PS4 at most retailers from what I've seen so far. And I haven't looked that much into it because I live in Canada and it's not that big of a thing here. But uh, both the Xbox One and PS4 will be two ninety nine on Black Friday. So if you've been waiting to pick up one or both of those consoles, that's probably the cheapest you're going to see for a really long time. Oh yeah, speaking of which, and I know this isn't on the news list, but did you guys see what um Ono, the like producer of Street Fighter said about the Xbox owners? No, I did not. Where he where in an interview they asked him what he uh what he had to say to Xbox owners who weren't going to be able to play Street Fighter 5 since it's PlayStation exclusive. What and did he say? His answer I think was like ha 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 well their PS4s are $300 there's a lot of time to save up between now and February. <laughs> 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 Uh, oh yeah, so games. So, <laughs> so moving on. Uh, I have only been playing. I'm just trying to think if I played anything else, but I didn't touch anything else. But uh, Fallout Four. Um, I last week I only played it for about an hour. I've now uh, I on my one day off this week I put about ten hours into it actually, um, and it was pretty much ten hours in one sitting because I could not stop. And it was uh, it's it's tough because it's just like. You know, like you, like I'm always like, oh, I'm going here to do this mission right now. Like, this is my path. I'm not going to veer off of it. And then I'm like, oh, like there's, what's that over there? And then like three hours later, I go back to the mission. Like, no, no, I saw, I saw a video uh, on Reddit and then the Reddit comments kind of all started bandwagoning behind it because it was, you know, how the hive mind works. But uh, this guy posted a video that says you basically can't be bad in Fallout 4. And he uh, he said that like he used the very first quest about helping that uh, shit. I can't. I don't know his name. The black guy with the cowboy hat. Yeah. Uh, from the Raiders, where you know, in other Fallout games, you would have been given an option to help the Raiders or not help and just just leave. Um, but you're automatically like chosen the path of good. And he uh, 
him and the Reddit community kind of just all paired to the same thing where they said it's because of uh, a voiced um, protagonist. Um, it would be so much difficult to like voice like a bad storyline as opposed to a good storyline. So there's a lot of things that um, that you're forced into, and even though there's some quests where you can do some like bad things at the end of the day, you're still like praised uh, for being a good guy. Um, would you agree or disagree with that statement? Uh, I don't know, actually, because I've always only tried to be a good guy in all of the Fallout games. I've never, like, killed anyone or stolen anything or anything. Did you blow up um, Megaton? No, of course not. That's, that would be awful. Uh, no, so I've never done any of that stuff, so I would have no idea. Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, the story is about a good guy. Like, he literally just wants to find his son. So... I don't know why he would start doing bad stuff when he was like a happy family man, literally for him, like the day before all this shit happens, like because he was frozen forever. Um, Dude, frozen spoilers. Sorry. That's not really. It never bothered me anyway. <laughs> uh, Let it go, Derek. Let it go. But yeah, I've been, Let it go. I, I, I put a lot of time into it. I really, really love the weapon upgrade system. Um, you, there's, there's so many modifications for every weapon and I'm not really sure which weapons I should be gravitating towards. But uh, it's 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 amazing, and it, and basically like in, in, you know in the old games you could pick up everything like coffee cups and all this crap. But I don't know why you ever would. But in this game you can pick up all that stuff, and then you break it down for materials to like help build your settlement. Or like for instance, if I take apart this gun, I might get a piece of steel and a couple of screws, which I can then use to get like a better grip for my gun or a, 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 an extended clip or something like that. Magazine, whatever. Uh, so a clip, a clip uh, feeds bullets into a magazine, and a magazine feeds bullets into a breach. I don't really care that much, but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the upgrade methods are really cool. And I feel like one thing that's really funny is you you spend so much time in the character creator at the beginning, like designing your character's face or whatever. And then you wear a mask the whole time anyway because you got to have that armor. Which is really frustrating because I pick up all these like sweet clothes and I'm like, this would be cool, but I could never wear it because I have to like have armor because there's scorpions and shit that are really freaking strong. Um, <laughs> I, could, I could never wear this because of the scorpions. But uh, but one thing that you can do is you can actually like you get like followers in your settlements that you know help build your settlements and stuff like that but you can actually put different clothes on them so you could like change their clothes if you want and you can get like armor and stuff for the dog which is pretty cool um but anyways i'm having is a that blast like horse armor kind of yeah um but yeah like i'm I, the game is amazing uh it's uh like i can't you know it, it's gonna be a lot about like i feel like i think my total time as when i saved the, for the last time when i was playing yesterday or whatever was like 15 hours or something i feel like i haven't done anything yet like like i feel like there's so the map is so huge and i've visited a bunch of locations and i just feel like i haven't even scratched the surface and i've maybe done two story missions in that time there's just so much more stuff to do that that you know, you're just like, I'm going to go do this. And then just like I said, like, you're like, oh, what's that building over there? And then you go in it and it takes you an hour because there's so much shit to do in that building and whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm really like waiting to pick it up. Um, uh, Should have got it last um, week at the buy two go on free sale. Um, I, I had a closing get extended, so I didn't get paid until the other day. So I was so credit poor. cards are for I'm I'm a good guy and I got rid of my credit cards. I got five. Ugh. Ugh. And they're all well, at low it, balances because I'm a responsible human being. 
I have one and it's got like a semi-decent balance, uh, if, which is why I've been working so much overtime. If I if I was a Fallout character, responsibility would be nowhere on my like spec sheet. So me <laughs> not having a credit card is a good idea. <laughs> what do you got for us, Josh? Um, so I ended up playing a little bit of a lot of stuff. Um, I played Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer and El Chicho lied to us. It sucks. Um, what? I mean, it's the game... And unless it gets a lot deeper, the more you play it. But I put about an hour into it and the game is literally like in, you know, regular Animal Crossing, you can decorate your house, right? So this yeah. game is literally you're just decorating random houses for other characters. And then there's no scoring system. You just put furniture wherever you want. And then. But I thought they do score you or they or something. Well, they'll say something like, oh, this is oh. exactly what I wanted. Or, oh, I don't know about this. But I mean, there's no penalty. There's no real reason to do good or bad aside yeah. from the su- slight like um like compliment or whatever um so yeah i mean it just feels really like i i don't know if it's real but there was some quote floating around a week or two ago where they said that they made happy home designer specifically to make animal crossing amiibo and i wouldn't be surprised because this doesn't really feel like they put a lot of thought into it oh yeah yeah and which which to a lesser extent goes to um animal crossing amiibo festival which we picked up last week and it's fun but it's fun but there's little like there's little interactivity it's like compared to mario party or other party video games this one is like a straightforward board game where you just roll the dice whatever you land on is what happens and oh there's no i thought there was mini games and stuff the mini like games i thought are, it from, oh no go ahead for like from just the trailers or the advertisements or whatever i i felt like it looked like more like classic Mario Party than you know where there's actually like blocks that do shit and like the mini games and that you were actually like against the people that you were playing with rather than um you know all being in the same team or whatever it's not like that no well there are mini games but the mini games are separate modes that you unlock through playing the main board game and um okay. the main board game itself like for the most part there's there's ways that you can manipulate the game to work in your favor mostly through buying turnips every sunday and like each space you land on is will have a certain turnip value so it's like you take the risk of either losing money or gaining a lot of money see see we are obviously two different people when when i heard you say turn up i heard i heard turn up and i was like oh we going to the bar <laughs> yeah i mean i well every time i said it i was thinking it so we're, oh. maybe we're not so different but. but you're straight edge i'd love to get you drunk yeah it's not gonna happen though you, oh. Especially when you almost peed on me. Like if I if I needed a reason never to drink or get drunk, it was because you almost peed on my head. It after was getting the drunk. Nyquil's fault. <laughs> I wasn't even that drunk. I took the Nyquil. Was sleepwalking. What does Nyquil have in it? Uh, Diphenhydramine. <laughs> that too. It's, it's basically glorified Benadryl. <laughs> Wait, isn't that how Whitney Houston died? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Animal Crossing <laughs> Amiibo Festival. So it's like, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see the little descriptions of what happens to your character um, when you um, when you land on the spaces. And the way that it uses the calendar is interesting. Like, um, each individual Amiibo has a birthday, like, based off of the character. So when Megan and I were playing as Isabel and Digby, their birthday was the same day. So we got bonus. Like, we had more chances to get bonus items or bonus happy points on that particular day. But and it was funny too because on the like Megan was beating me pretty bad because I had this really bad string of luck where I was landing on every negative space like the whole game, mm. and 
she had so much so much more money than I did. And on the last day, which was like New Year's Day because we're or New Year's Eve because we were playing December, and I, I made a joke. I was like, oh, I hope you land on something that takes away all your money. And then she landed on something, and it was uh, the only like negative space she landed on in the whole game. And it was like, oh no, I seem to have lost my money at the New Year's party. And then she literally lost all of her money <laughs> on that one turn. See, and it's things like that that make it fun, but at the same time, there's very little interactivity. Like, like I was saying, aside from like a few small things, you really don't have any control over whether or not you win or lose. It's just, uh-huh. it's just you roll the dice, and whatever the dice lands on is what your outcome is. Okay. Um, but yeah, outside of that, the biggest games that I was playing were um, the Hatsune Miku Project Mirai DX on 3DS, which is just your typical music game pretty much there's nothing particularly special about it except you could dress up your vocaloid and have have you played osu know what it is or are interested o- in it osutaka kon then osu that music game on the pc oh no no oh you should look into osu oh yeah I'll, i love music games so i'll try to check it out i, um, I think it's free i remember uh what was it called flash flash revolution where it was just like a pc version of ddr yeah um did you ever play frets on fire no Oh, it yeah, was um that was like yeah, a where, guitar hero knockoff right yeah where you could hold the keyboard like a guitar and you push like buttons one through five for the frets and tap enter to fucking strum oh yeah i think i remember that i never played it but i've seen it yeah but um but yeah anyway and then i played rock band four which is it's fun it's rock band but it's really disappointing in the sense that it has less content than rock band one did and I know they said that they're planning on having Rock Band 4 be the only Rock Band game this generation, and they're going to update it over the years with um, like new modes and content, which they, I think they just announced that their ne- their first big update to the game was going to be early December. But as it stands right now, the game has no competitive multiplayer, no online. The, tour, the on-tour mode is just basically Guitar Hero 1's on-tour mode. Really? And yeah, and it's like compared to Guitar Hero Live and how much of a f- breath of fresh air that game was, like Rock Band 4 just feels really disappointing, even though it's still fun because it's just it's still Rock Band. But um, and then outside of that, I played Yokai Watch a little bit. Did I talk about this two weeks ago or no? You weren't on two weeks ago. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, no, you, yeah, you talked about you talked about Yokai. You talked about Yokai. OK, so, yeah, I just played a little bit more of Yokai and. If I if I said this already two weeks ago, I'm sorry, but it's a lot of fun. The battle system is fast paced and kind of ties a little mini game to it, so that you can use your special abilities. But the biggest problem I have with it is, unlike Pokemon, you have you have little control again over whether or not you recruit the yokai. So it's like you beat them and you can give them food during the fight to make them more friendly, but whether or not they actually join you is completely up to chance. So, like, late game especially, there'll be yokai that are really hard to encounter to begin with, and then you have to hope to God that whatever random number generator works behind the scenes will land on it recruiting and joining your team, or you have to seek it out again and fight it. Mm. So, like, that's my biggest issue with it, but it's fun and charming, and it's what you'd expect from level 5, pretty much. And then lastly, I spent a majority of my time playing Xenoblade when I did get a chance to play. And by Xenoblade, I mean Xenoblade Chronicles X, which we got a review copy of and uh dude your fucking like post confused the shit out of me i'm like oh i didn't realize the game was out and then i went to go pick it up and it's like oh that's not out for a while <laughs> sorry you sh- it should uh jewel case should have tipped you off yeah it came in a jewel case that's so weird yeah, th- yeah. that's what megan was saying too she was like what did they just not fin- finalize the box art yet so they just sent you a disc like when is the actual launch date uh december 4th 
Yeah, like that's that's not that far. Like I've got like like I got like Smash Brothers like a month before it came out, sealed in a retail co- in a in retail shrink and everything. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it was kind of weird that they sent in the jewel case, but I'm not complaining. No, um, definitely not. Of course. No, but like so far, like I haven't got to the point where I could pilot the mechs yet, but I feel like I'm getting close to it. But do there's any- mechs in that game? Yeah. Like every Xeno game, I think, has had mechs just at some degree or another, even though the previous one with Shulk didn't give you the ability to pilot them. But so is this the same Xeno series as like Xeno Saga for the PS2? Yes or is it no. like completely unrelated? I mean, because I com- loved Xeno Saga. Yes and no, because it's related in the sense that it's the same developer. So okay. they but they have nothing to do with each other story wise. Like, right. Like they're like not even the same Xeno universe or anything. Right, even Xenoblade Chronicles X and Xenoblade Chronicles have nothing to do with each other. Oh, okay. So it's, um, I guess it's similar to Final Fantasy. However, oh, okay. Final Fantasy right. is a completely different universe. But okay, this except one they seems... did have the like Xeno Saga Part One and Two and Three. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, so far the battle system is a lot of. I mean, it's pretty much the same as Xenoblade Chronicles X, where it's real time and depending on your position, where you're, uh, where you're um, targeting the enemy, will affect how much damage your attacks do. This one added like actual weak points to the enemies. So if you're standing in front of their head, for example, and you attack it enough, they'll take like damage to that particular part and it'll weaken their attacks. Um, the world is huge, which has been well documented where it's supposed to be bigger than Fallout 4 Skyrim. Really? It's supposed to be bigger than what was it? Um, I think it was Skyrim, Fallout 4 and some uh, and Witcher 3 combined, I think they said. Like the amount of wow. space, the amount, like the size of the actual world. And I'm already, one of the things I really loved about Xenoblade, which carries over to Xenoblade Chronicles X, is how the world feels like it's a living, breathing world and not just like a video game world, I guess. And by that, I mean that you can travel like a short distance from your home base and like the enemies, most of the enemies are passive, so they don't attack you until you attack them. But there'll be like level 80, 80 monsters in the same area as like the level five ones. And they're oh, just wow. kind of roaming around and you could pick and choose who you want to fight. Um, when then like the biggest difference, though, that I've noticed between this one and the and the previous ones is that this one, I guess, is more narrative driven as opposed to character driven. Because in this game, you create your own character and he's kind of like a nameless, faceless avatar. Whereas in uh, the do you pre- like do you like that over the other the other models? I don't know yet because I'm not I mean, I'm a fair I'm like five hours into it, which is. I guess kind of yeah. in this kind of game, nothing. Cause it's supposed to be like a minimum of 80 hours, just story content, according yeah. to what the PR information says. So, um, I mean, I like it be- in a, to an extent because it focuses a lot on like the characters, the supporting cast, like they play as big of a role as every, <coughs> whatever the main character would be otherwise. But at the same time, Xenoblade Chronicles with Shulk did such a great job of developing him as a character while still being able to build this amazing world that, was something that I haven't really seen in any other game yet. Cause I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one, but it was like the world was so big because it took place on the backs of like these gods that killed each other years in the, like years ago. And like their corpses cool. had kind of grown over the like centuries or whatever, like civilizations grew off of their corpses and stuff. Do you ever play Septera core? No. Reminds me of that. It's not like a very like fallout one style RPG. Right. Right. Um, it's a really good game. It's I think it's on GOG. Uh, it was, it's one of those games that I would say um, uh, go pick up and play it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have no idea what that is. But but no, I'm planning. I actually just picked up the um, video card. The streaming embargo just lifted and I just got my computer back. So 
I'm probably going to try to do a couple practice streams with Splatoon or something that's not under embargo because we can only stream a certain amount of time. But I'm going to try to uh, set up a Xenoblade Chronicles X stream to nice. kind of give a better idea to um, people I'll, what I'll it's like. Give you the Geekscape TV stream stream information because we have an official Twitch, twitch.tv slash Geekscape TV. And we air Bob Ross episodes. <laughs> or or me or me playing an hour and a half of Counter-Strike, but my screen broadcaster wasn't working and it was just blank and me talking every once in a while. <laughs> is that it? Is that what you got? Yeah, that's, yeah I think that 30 minutes was good enough. <laughs> I um, uh, I have been playing some games. Um, I feel like I've played through Bloodborne watching the game Grumps play it, but that game is uh, just watching them play it. I'm going to go pick it up and get it. Um, I did play more more Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 3. Um, there was, um, you might have noticed that <clears throat> I bitched about performance issues last week. And uh, I went and started, uh, do, I did some Googling, you know, did some Googles. Apparently there's a memory leak bug in the game. So people with like 32 gigs of memory are like, yeah, I'm running out of memory when I shouldn't. Um, and um, there's a workaround. I implemented the workaround and they had a performance patch. Now I'm running everything at high. There's still some slowdowns because it has to use page filing on one of my slower drives. But it's um, playable. Um, the game is very, very, very pretty. Um, the story is just the same. Yeah. Um, but I played a little bit of that. Um, and then a today, while I was in bed, completely like laid up, I realized, I was like, man, I wish I could play PlayStation. I need to go get my friend's Vita so I can do uh, remote play. I realized that I could just play Wii U in bed. So I'm going to set up the Wii U after this and uh, play some, uh, I don't know, I want to play Smash Bros. Something. I don't have any games for that thing. So Splatoon. I don't have Splatoon. Get it. You know okay. what? You should have got Fallout. You should have got Fallout Four in Splatoon as part of the buy two get one free last week. Again, I didn't have the money to do it. He's that's got what Call cash advances for. Oh, <laughs> that's how I got in trouble last time. Why do you think I still live in Alaska? I'm not allowed in California for more than two weeks. Otherwise, they'll find me. <laughs> All right. Um, um, do you guys want to do around the site or mission objective? Uh, whatever. Um, around the site. Uh, <laughs> um, the only thing that I really read around the site um, was the. Um, uh, the 20th anniversary of Donkey Kong Country 2 and the uh, Mario Maker course of the week. Um, I got to pick up Mario Maker 2. Maybe I'll get that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Check out check out Geekscape.net. We've been kind of slow this week, but because um, you know, let's let's be real. I've been sick, so the site's been you know really struggling without me. Yeah, we really miss those one article that one article a week. Yeah, Psh, that's being generous. I think <laughs> I think John said I averaged 2.6 articles, so I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Uh, I, st- I really, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that Call of Duty review. <laughs> I'm not done with the game. I mean, I could, I could write a review. It's not done. Well, finish the game. Just finish the game. Then don't set up your Wii U. Play some Call of Duty. Yeah, but it anyways, hurts, I, it hurts I, I, I was, uh, I was at work yesterday, and I, uh, just de- detailed. You know, I've, I've been do doing a lot of reading about Star Wars and and stuff recently, and uh, you know, because I've, there's, you know, there's a new movie coming out, right? Well, yeah, it's like a month, like a month away at this point. And I was like, it was, I was like, what can I do to, you know, kind of ramp myself up aside from, you know, obviously do a rewatch of the series, which I need to do. And I realized there's like, excuse me, I got the hiccups. There's like three big Star Wars games launching in a very small window of time. Obviously battle. Yeah. Obviously Battlefront just came out the other day, um, which I would love to get my hands on now that I've actually seen some people play it. And it looks it looks like a blast and and i played a lot of the old battle for, and I, I and i kind of this one was just like oh whatever but now that it's actually out i'm like i need this but um there's also a mobile rpg 
uh, launching called Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which looks really cool. Um, it mixes like more than 60 different like classics or iconic Star Wars characters from whatever, you know, from, from every era. Um, you basically like go and do missions and assemble a team for, of different characters with different abilities and that sort of stuff. It's like a free to play game. So I don't know how it'll actually turn out, but uh, I, bet, I bet it'll be like that final fantasy record keeper game. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, it, it's soft launch in Australia and it's got like a 4.5 star rating with hundreds of reviews on the app store and stuff. So it looks pretty fun. Um, and then uh, they actually just launched a new expansion pack for Star Wars The Old Republic as well. And it sucks because Star, Star Wars The Old Republic's been a game I've been interested in since it launched, but I've never had like a PC. So, you know, I've never had an opportunity to actually play it. And this this new expansion sounds really, really cool. It's like, a, I guess the last expansions were fairly light on story content. Um, and so they launched this new one, which is called Knights of the Fallen Empire, which was uh, basically designed to like put a, like a like there the actual release said to mark a renewed focus on cinematic storytelling uh by introducing a new personal story arc where the player's choice will take the journey and uh there's a lot of other cool new features the articles on the site in any case but um three star wars games to play before the 18th and six movies to watch i better get on this stuff (laughs) yeah you think you have it bad i would have to play witcher 3 fallout 4 xenoblade chronicles x metal gear 5 and that's That's a lot of of like the other 15 things i I have to review I don't, um, what's the, um, uh, oh God, I, I know her as the like ashen haired girl. What's the girl's name in, um, Witcher three that, that Geralt's looking for his daughter or whoever. Uh, I remember her I name. Remember. Nobody. No, I mean, I haven't, I'm really trying to, I'm much, trying to, th- but, I'm uh, trying to think Siri. Siri. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't want to have been easy to remember. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's for, for me, especially. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. For, I don't want to spoil it for you, Josh, but Siri is Arkham. Jason Knight. Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Siri is Jason Todd. Siri is Arkham Knight, who is Jason Todd. <laughs> okay. Um, my around the site, just when I get bored at work, I've had a lot of fun <clears throat> reading uh, Jake108's uh, Flash recaps. So that would probably be yeah, mine. Yeah, really good. Those are really good. If I watch because I'm they... in love with, yeah, especially because I'm in love with both shows, I was just going to say. So imagine how much more I like it since I actually watch it. Um, mission objective this week is with a new Tomb Raider reboot getting a director who would you like to see as our new Laura Croft uh, Mila Kunis please Mila Kunis please what, I just don't think really? she's tall enough I don't they think she's tall they can CGI it to make her taller yeah I mean like uh, 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 Tom Cruise always looks pretty tall in those movies and he's like four foot nothing <laughs> how tall is he uh, I feel like for myself I <laughs> kind of thought about this and I kind of went off left field a little bit, but uh, I think that, and, and I feel like Jordan's five feet seven. So, you know, obviously the reboot of the Tomb Raider game was a very different Laura Croft and it was a much more like, you know, much more human rather than this like weird, like supermodel type person doing, you know, raiding tombs and such. But, uh, so as far as like, anyways, I, I, I'm rambling. So I, I went, I chose Brie Larson, who is kind of an up and coming actress. She's starring right now in a movie. I can't wait to see called room. Uh, but she also had a lot of buzz last year with a movie called short term 12. She's kind of, um, she's just, she's, she's just, she's fantastic. And, and, uh, I think that is a, would be a very different role for her. Um, but I like her a lot. So I'd love to see her in it. I thought you were going to say Brie Olsen for a second. I thought you were going to say Allison Brie. Uh, yeah. I don't, who, I don't know. I don't know who Brie Olsen is. Uh, she's a porn star. Oh, 
Uh, and Allison Brie, I don't think would be a great in that role. I don't know. I just heard Brie. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I, you, who would you put? I would say AJ Lee because I gave no thought into this question. So <laughs> actually, she so, might do a good job. She might do a good job. Other, other <clears throat> uh, like otherwise, it's always going to be AJ Lee. Just every week, that's the answer. Every yeah, every <laughs> week that's the answer. Um, all right. Uh, oh, and we're doing a contest for Bo- Tales from the Borderlands. We're going to do it right this time because Derek's going to be in charge. Of it. Well, you were in charge of it last time. But you, I wasn't you, in charge. So we're giving away a Steam key for Tales from the Borderlands. All you need to do is tweet at Geekscape.net. Uh, give me Borderlands because, and then tell us why. Ha- hashtag give me Borderlands, and then explain why. Don't make like a Bind- like the whole thing a hashtag. Just hashtag. Give me Borderlands. So you're making it too complicated. Just just tweet at us and I'll figure it out. I'll give it to someone. <laughs> Binder Lord. Really fun. All right. Uh, that was level 54, guys. You can, as always, find us on geekscape.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Geekscape Games. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Channel Hair if I ever tweet. Um, you and, don't. And you can f- follow me on gaming platforms. You tweet as, about as much as you write. As SS Jaken. <laughs> uh, I am at D Cranavelt on Twitter, uh, and you can see me play Fallout Four <laughs> at Captain K Seventeen on PlayStation. And I'm at Inu Joshua on every other platform, but I'll probably be playing 360 games for a while. So, <laughs> or Splatoon, or yeah, Splatoon. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, shouts out to uh, the ever elusive one, Carlos and uh, Kenny Craig, uh, our rotating uh, fourth co-hosts. Um, uh, yeah, so that's it. We'll see you guys back here next week. Bye, Bye. everybody. Gonna go watch Jessica Jones now.